Amen. Thank you for joining us. If you would stand, we'll continue with our song service. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 says, Ye are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill, cannot be hid. It's good to be in the Lord's house today. Look forward to seeing what the Lord has for us. Brother Peterson, would you open us in a word of prayer? and singing hymn number 
good, stand once again. We'll sing hymn number 175. It's just like his great love. Hymn number 175, standing as we sing.
remember who I was. I was lost, I was blind, I was running out of time. Sin separated, the breach was far too wide. But from the far side of the chasm, you held me in your side. So you made a way across the great divide, left behind heaven's throne to build it here inside. And there at the cross, you paid the debt I owed, broke my chains, freed my soul for the first time I had hope. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied. Thank you, Jesus, it has washed me white. Thank you, Jesus, you have saved my life, brought me from the darkness into glorious light. place laid inside my tomb of sin you were buried for three days but then you walked right out again and now death has no sting and life has no end for i have been transformed by the blood of the lamb thank you jesus the blood applied. Thank you, Jesus, it has washed me white. Thank you, Jesus, you have saved my life, brought me from the darkness into glorious light. There is nothing stronger stand once again. We'll sing hymn number 105. All that thrills my soul is Jesus. Hymn number 105.
tell you, I'm so thankful for the young people around our church that have seen. I'm telling you, it's, uh, it's a blessing, just such a blessing, such a blessing. I watched the foster boys grow up, you know, and toddling around up here and maybe missing some notes, and now they sing, and here's Logan. Man, way to belt it, buddy. You weren't, 
you know, if you're going to make a mistake, you might as well make it at full volume than peep squeak where, you know, everybody's wondering what you're saying anyhow, right? Thank you, Logan. That was awesome. We got a special visitor here today. Special visitor. First time anybody goes to church, it's a special, special day, right? So, Dad, stand up. I guess he's a cocooned up, huh? Yep. Okay. That's so you can't see him, but he's here. Stephen Miles was born on January 15th, 5 pounds, 10 ounces, and 18 inches long. Now he's 19 inches and 6 pounds, Ooh. 5 ounces. Lord, somebody's a little. <laughs> Did a lot of praying for this little boy. Amen. And we're going to keep on praying for him, right? Amen. Let's uh, thank the Lord for uh, him being able to be here today. Lord Jesus, we love you and we thank you so much for the gift of life. What a blessing it is. I always marvel when I see a little baby and see the little toes and little fingers. Look into their little eyes knowing that one day they're going to grow up. God, I always pray that they would grow up to just love you and to know you and to serve you. Lord, we're thankful for little Miles and his delivery. It's been quite a little rocky road that he's had to go through. A lot of prayer from a lot of good folks. God, you've been so gracious to us. We just rejoice at the many blessings you've given us. And I'm sure that it would take mom and dad quite a long time just to recount all the things that you've done on Miles' behalf. I pray that they'd ever be mindful of this precious gift from you and that they would do their part in raising him to love you and to know you and to hopefully grow to just uh, serve you with his life, whatever that might be. Thank you, dear God. For this precious gift of life. Pray that you be with mom and dad, strengthen and encourage them. Love you, and we ask these things in your name for all the people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's go to Luke. Let's go to Luke. Anybody tired of Luke? No, that's probably the wrong question to ask. Doesn't really matter, does it? Because we're going to preach there anyhow. Uh, Luke. Chapter 10, I'm sorry, yeah, Luke chapter 10, 9, 10. So uh, I've entitled this Love God More, number four, and um, the sub-theme is Love Thy Neighbor. Love thy neighbor. Luke chapter 10. You found that and you can stand with me in reverence to the reading of the word of God. I'm going to begin reading verse 25. You follow along with me there. <clears throat> and behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God, with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right, this do, and thou shalt live. But he, willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, Who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? Let's pray. Lord, we love you. And we thank you for the time together this morning. Lord, the music's been wonderful. And we've watched as um, we've watched and our hearts have thrilled at the way that you've taken our young people, Preston. Logan, they're maturing and growing to love you and to serve you and to use their talents for your glory. God, I thank you for that. I, I pray, God, that the older members would not step back and say, well, I'll just let the young ones do it, but might they realize, too, that we need to remain faithful to that day you call us home. Still need to set the examples. And Still need to do our part in using 
the talents you've given us for glory. Lord, what a blessing it is to have little Miles here today. Just to be able to stop and thank you for how you've brought him into our lives. Lord, I pray as a church that we would be faithful to pray for him and to love him and encourage him. That he might come to know you as his Lord and Savior. Then, Lord, for the preaching of your word. Some might tire by now of uh, being in this portion of Scripture, and yet, God, I, I can't help but feel that the Holy Spirit's made it very evident to me that it's just getting better and better. And so, Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit would just have power and freedom to move in our midst here this morning, that your will might be perfected in each one of our lives. We thank you for your goodness and your love to us. I pray that the Holy Spirit would just help us to grasp the truth that we find here this morning and apply them in our hearts. And then, Lord, I pray that I would just be a conduit, that these wouldn't be my thoughts, these would be the things you would have for us, that we might grow thereby. Thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for our time together here this morning. We love you and we'll give you the praise for it. We ask these things in your blessed and most holy name. Amen. And you may be seated. <clears throat> so we've been working our way through this portion of Scripture, in particularly verse 27. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind. So basically, God's saying uh, that in, through, through his Scripture that we are to, we are to love God with all all that we are, all that we have. And then here on the end, we find, and thy neighbor as thyself. And uh, when he added this, now this is not found in Deuteronomy 6.5. This is not found in Matthew chapter 22 and verse number 37. Yet it was a teaching of the Lord when he talked uh, and trained and, and taught people about their love for God. And so we notice Jesus' reaction as he adds on this phrase, and thy neighbor is thyself. Verse 28, and he said to him, thou hast answered right. This do, and thou shalt live. But he, willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Now, here's an individual that's very smart. He's very, he's very smart. He has given his life to the study of the words of God and to the Bible, and he's well-educated in these things, and he comes to the point where he's able to quote uh, what is necessary to fulfill the question that Jesus had asked, and yet he comes to the end of it, and he's, he's, he's going to try to justify himself. I'll, I'll get to that just in a little bit, but he's going to try to justify himself with this question to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? So let's consider that today. It says to love uh, thy neighbor as thyself. These are, were words that flowed out of the mouth of this wise, learned individual. Uh, some have said, uh, let thine own words convict thyself, when the truth is that these were God's words being repeated, but having never been applied in the life of this learned man. Many Christians today hear the words of Jesus, whether they be sitting under the preaching of the Word of God or listening to a Bible on tape or whatever. They read the words of Jesus. They take their Bible and they read and study the Word of God and, and so forth. They memorize the words of Jesus. They know the words of Jesus, but they never apply the words of Jesus to their lives and their living I would just like to submit to you that if we hear the words of Jesus and if we read the words of Jesus and we memorize the words of Jesus and we know the words of Jesus, but we don't apply the words of Jesus, it does us no good. It really does us no good. But God has given us his word that we might grow thereby. He's saying, I'm giving you this book full of all kinds of wisdom that will help you to grow that will help you to mature, that will help you in your walk with others and with me. 
And I want you to take it. I want you to read it. I want you to know it. I want you to memorize it. I want you to apply it in your life. So we maybe would ask ourselves this question. Have I applied the things that I've learned from this portion of Scripture? Are these things evident in my life and in my living? When others look at me, do they see me applying these things in my heart? I don't know how many times I've sat under the preaching of the Word of God, some man of God handling the Word of God, and I've I've been convicted about where I am in my walk with God. I realize I need to reach out and do more. I need to do this. I need to do that. These things are necessary. It's being taught to me from the Word of God. I need to do more. I go to the altar and I pray and I say, God, I need to do more. I realize that I'm convicted about this. I must do more. God, help me to do more. But then I get up and I walk away, having never changed, having never applied those things that I've learned in the Word of God. I think that's why it's so important that we be doers of the Word and not just hearers of the Word. So here's this young man, a lawyer, learned in the Word of God. And he comes with this question, at the end to Jesus. And notice this part of the phrase, it says, but he willing to justify himself. And that kind of sparked me. What does he mean, justify himself? You know, here we've come to the issue to top this all off. The lawyer knows the truth. Uh, He has the truth. He's learned these things. He's quoted it well. He's had this thing. But here we are with this idea of, of justifying. Well, Vine says this about the word to justify. There's, he's given us a definition for justification, justifier, or to justify. And he says this, to declare to be righteous, to pronounce righteous. And then says, by man concerning God, concerning himself. And so this young man trying to justify himself is trying to inform Jesus or reflect to Jesus, I want to justify myself, I'm righteous in the way I live. Can, can I say that that term righteous, I don't think it's something that we should just freely run around and say, I'm a righteous person. Because I'll be honest with you, Brother Lalo, there's times I don't feel so righteous. There's times that I recognize there's something in my heart that is not right with God. I'm not righteous at that point. But this lawyer, this man, this learned individual, he's in front of Jesus and he's trying to justify himself, which then caused me to think about this. Why is he trying to justify himself? Were there other learned lawyers around? We know that this was almost always the way that these learned lawyers or scribes or Pharisees and Sadducees, many times they traveled in a group, and they were trying to always trip Jesus up. Was this this lawyer, we don't know because the scripture doesn't say, was this lawyer trying to justify himself in front of his buddies? Because he's asked this question, he's given this answer, and Jesus has told him, yeah, you're right, now go and live it. Is he trying to justify himself because maybe his buddies really know how he lives? Is he trying to justify himself and say, you know, come on, Jesus, tell me that I'm a righteous man. I got that, I I answered the question. Now tell me that I'm a righteous man. I want to be justified here in the presence of my friends. Or maybe it's because he's in the presence of Jesus. And he thinks, wow, Jesus is going to be overwhelmed. I knew the answer. And and surely he knows that, hey, look at me. I'm a clean, upright guy. and, And I'm doing all these things correctly. Surely I'll be justified in his sight. For whatever the case, he's trying to justify himself or he's trying to pronounce himself righteous. And I would just say this, if anyone's going to pronounce anybody righteous, I think it's going to be Jesus, not us. I think it's going to be God and not us. You may walk around thinking, I'm a pretty righteous guy, But listen, when you stand in the presence of God, it doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what all these people think. It doesn't matter what your mommy thinks. 
All that matters is what does God think. So I'm, I'm not going to try to justify myself in front of you, to you. What I want to do in the presence of God is say, God, I need your help. I want to be more righteous. I want to live for you in a greater way. And so it, this young man is posing this question with this thought. And uh, if he had applied, this is good, if he had applied the first four things, he would not have had a problem with the last one. Remember those first four things? If he had truly loved the Lord with all of his heart, his issue of loving his neighbors would have taken care of itself. If I truly love God with all my heart, then I recognize that, that I love him and, and I'm just going to show that to everybody else. I want them to know that I love God. And so I'm going to be kind to others. I'm going to love them. I'm going to be concerned about them. Why? Because that's what God wants. He wants us to love one another. If he would have loved God with all of his heart, he would never have to ask this question. Matter of fact, if he would have loved him with all of his soul and with all of his strength, he could have been exercising his talents and, and using his strength to show forth the love of God to those around him. He, he never would have had to ask this question. He never would have had to try to justify himself. Everybody would automatically know that here is someone that's trying to live a righteous life or a holy life. This is someone that's seeking to be pleasing to God. If he had used his, his strength to maybe lend a hand, to hug someone, to offer a handshake, to show things of care and concern to others. If he would have, with all of his mind, thought of ways to encourage fellow believers to win people to Christ, if he would have been controlling of thoughts and actions, then he would have used his, his whole being to show forth Christ's love and he would have never had to ask this question or never had to try to justify where he was with God because he would have known, I'm doing the best that I can. I'm loving God with all my heart. I'm loving him with all my soul, with all my strength, with all my mind. I'm loving him with all that I am. And that's pouring over to the others. And when I say, and love thy neighbor as thyself, well, yeah, that's a natural outpouring of the fact that I love God so much. So to be right with God, we would say that we need to love our neighbor. We need to love our neighbor. So this lawyer was justifying or declaring to be righteous by pronouncing righteousness on himself. He was acting like he was home free and all that the Lord had talked about he was already doing and now his final question would allow him to say that he was righteous, that he could gladly go about his way knowing that he was a righteous individual and a righteous person. A story was relayed to me one time about a church, that one of those uh, kind of more modernistic thinking churches. This was back in the, in the 70s. They had invited a preacher to come and fill the pulpit. And he came in and he was a hellfire preacher. And he's lighting the place up. He's pointing out the sins of, of all mankind and the fact that all men are sinners and that all need to be saved. One of the more pious, hypocritical men stood up and said, Buddy, we don't need that preaching here. We don't need that preaching here. I'm telling you, as long as we draw breath, we all need that preaching. We're all sinners. I'm a saved sinner, but I'm telling you, sin still wants to run in this old body. You say, well, you know, maybe if you're 99 and on life support, you're okay. But just because you're old doesn't mean it stopped, does it, Brother Bob? And just because you're young doesn't mean it stopped. We're all in the need of help and hope. And Lord, I need you more with each passing day. I've got to walk with you. I've got to love you. I've got to serve you. The preaching on this subject is necessary. 
because we all fail to love. Not only God, but also the beloved, our fellow saints. I've, <laughs> I've been in churches, I've walked in, you could tell there was a cold divide down the center. Like the Hatfields and the McCoys. It's funny, but it's true. This group over here, they got their little clan against this little group over here. Can I just tell you that that's not God's way? God's way is Matthew. And Matthew, if you have a problem, you go work it out, take care of it. It's good. Let's go. It's, there, the church ought to function. There ought to be unity. There ought to be great love for one another here. There ought to be a place of love. We ought to freely love one another. We ought to freely show forth that love one to another. Listen, if we're not getting it right with loving God, if we're not getting it right with loving one another, then we're not going to get it right with loving the lost world around us. I come to church. I want to show forth my love to God. I want to sing praises to Him. I want to worship Him. I want to serve Him. I want to love the brothers and sisters that I come to church with, and, and, and I do. I'm so thankful for that. I'm thankful for you. You encourage me. You strengthen me. You help me. I'm thankful for that. But if I don't have it right here, then I can't go out there and tell my neighbor, you need to get saved. Let me tell you about Jesus and what he can do for you. If mine's a wreck back here, how can I go offering, you know, something to somebody that's a wreck. I mean, why would I do that? So we're to love one another. We're to love our neighbors as ourselves, And that loving starts with our great love for God, and then our love in the brotherhood and sisterhood of the church, and then in the ungodly world in which we live. If we're not careful, rather than love one another, we justify ourselves as to why I need not to love those around me. Give me an amen, Lalo. Help me here. Don't, don't let me hang out here, buddy. If we're not careful, we're going to end up like this certain lawyer. Well, I go to church. I love God. I love, I love my church. Do you now? I love the lost world, justifying myself here. Or do we really say, man, God, thank you for my church. Thank you for each and every person in it. Thank you for the sound room guys, for the nursery workers, for the Sunday school teachers. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We're to love our neighbor as ourselves. Problem is, we all can love ourselves pretty good, can't we? Oh, come on. Dan, do you love yourself? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I like it. James, do you love yourself? Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. Dan, do you love yourself? Sure. We love ourselves pretty good, don't we? I mean, when it's cold, I go put warm clothes on. Why? Because I love myself. In just a little bit, I'm going to be, you know, probably looking for some food because I love myself. I'm going to take care of myself. But shouldn't I love others that way too? Take your Bibles, go to Galatians. Now, every time I go to Galatians, we're going to go to chapter 5. Every time I go to Galatians chapter 5, I'll be honest with you, the first thing I think of is fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness. But we're going to back up today. Let's look at verse 13. For brethren, okay, who's a brethren? You know what you're saving on your way to heaven? Just, yeah, we're brethren. For brethren... Ye have been called unto liberty. Boy, this verse is so misunderstood and misused. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. As a child of God, 
I to seek to help serve others. And we, we get a good example of this with our nursery workers, with our Sunday school teachers, with um, the guys that work security for us, securing uh, the doors and making sure that we're safe to be in here, the sound room guys. It takes a, a mode of service. Have you ever been to a function and just sat there and let everybody else clean up while you sit and talk? There's a great opportunity to serve. I'm afraid that, that if we're not careful, we don't serve like we should. Now, I'm not preaching from here. Well, I am kind of preaching from here, but that's not where we're staying. Where it says, for all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. One word. Say that's more than one word. Well, think of that commercial with Mahomes, and he's in the locker room, and he's talking about bundling, and he tells them, they go, how do you get that to one word? He goes, bundle. So that's what we're doing. We're bundling, right? Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Wait a minute. That, how did this get over here in... Galatians, this is Paul talking. What Paul got to do with this? Well, look at this in verse 15. Matter of fact, if you're an underliner, here's a good place to underline. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed. Bite and devour one another. Now, we're not cannibals, so we're not walking around, you know, chewing on arms or anything like that. But to bite and devour... We're not talking about physical as much as we are in the realm of how we treat one another. I go up and, you know, I, I said Logan was a good singer, but then I come down here to his brother and goes, eh, he's all right. Yeah, he ain't nothing. I know you're better. I, j I just bit and devoured. Bit and devoured. If someone wants to come to you and bite and devour someone else, I, I don't, my ears aren't trash cans. I don't want to listen. I don't need to hear it. I got my own problems. Amen? Take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. It gets better than that. Look at verse 16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit. And ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to another, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I have told you, also told you in times past, they that do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Love one another. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Love God. If we will grasp those four things at the very beginning, if we will concert ourselves on our love for God, I mean, I, I'm not talking about I know the words, I've heard the words, preacher. I've memorized the words. I'm talking about applying the words to our life that I think that the loving of thy neighbor is going to come by pretty easy. We're going to walk out and we're going to, Maybe sit at a restaurant and eat, and the person that's going to wait on us, we're going to look at them. We're not going to see how tall they are, the, the color of their hair, or anything else. What we're going to see is a soul destined to hell, and our concern is going to be, when you die, do you know where you're going to spend eternity? And when we see our neighbors that live next door to us, and we're talking to them, we're going to, we're, because of the fact that we love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our might, and all of our strength, and with all of our mind, because we love God like that, we're going to see those people that live next door to us as an opportunity to share the goodness of Jesus. Now, we know that's not always going to be responded to well. 
but it's necessary that we love them. Necessary. And I come to church, and I see brothers and sisters in the Lord. Hey, it's good to see you today. Glad you're here. Glad you're here. Did you hear, hear about so-and-so? We've got this prayer request here. I'll pray for that. I'll pray for that. I love you, man. I love the fact that the men of the church that I talk to can readily say, I love you. That's not a normal thing out in the world, okay? Guys telling each other that we love one another and not it being weird. You know what I mean? When you're out in the world and people tell you they love you, you might just be watching. <laughs> but in come to church where real men are, have them express those words, I love you, such a blessing. Such a blessing. Where to love one another. You say, man, it's not easy loving Lalo. Is that right, Jerry? It took us all summer. All summer. Pretty easy loving Caitlin, but it's kind of a package deal, right? So. Love one. Say, I, I don't know if I can love that person. He can love them through you. God, help me love them. Help me love. Next week, we're going to preach on the Good Samaritan, I promise. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your goodness and your love to us. Lord, we don't want to just be hearers. We need to be doers. Help us to love you with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our strength, with all of our mind. Help us, dear God, to become consumed with you. Consumed with loving you. Consumed with showing our love and sharing our love with you. And Lord, I know that that will help the, the latter part, thy neighbor as thyself. If I'll love you the way that I should, I'm going to naturally want to love all those around me. God, help me to love my brothers and sisters in church. Help me to show forth my love and, and help me to be examples of my love, and then God help me as I go into the world and I go into my neighborhood and I go into Walmart and I go into wherever I'm buying my gas, Lord, help me to have a love and a concern for those around me. Help me not to look self-righteously down my nose at some who have maybe not of the strata that I am. Help me to love them, be concerned for them. Help me to be mindful of the fact that a few years ago, if you hadn't changed my life, that would be me. Help me to love you. Help me to learn and then to do. I love you, Lord. I'd ask these things in your name. A stand, piano's gonna play. God's spoken to your heart. Encourage you to come. Whatever your need is. Brother Foster, would you lead us? My life, my love, I give to thee. Thou Lamb of God who died for me. Oh, may I ever faithful be. My Savior.
things as we dismiss. Uh, couples retreat information there in the bulletin. Ladies meeting on February 22nd at 6 o'clock. Uh, teens have an activity on February 23rd. Uh, going to go uh, to Urban Air Trampoline Park. Cost is $30, so you want to mark that down. Missions conference coming up in college days. And then our prayer area, ask that you remember to pray for all those. Also, if you would, pray for Glenda Bush. Uh, they found a mass in her stomach, and so they're treating that and some chemo, and then they'll do some surgery down the road. But if you would, pray for her. Marty had a wreck the other day, going to the hospital, broke a bone. They're going to have to put some plates and screws in, things like that. And so if you would, just kind of pray for the bush. It seems like they're going through it right now. And uh, we know that our God's greater than anything that the enemy would bring our way and that this be times to bring honor and glory to the Lord, so please be praying for them. It's good to have Jared home, uh, and uh, I don't know why he's here, but he's here, and it's good to see him. I always like seeing his mug. Um, he's still going up there this summer. So he's going to go intern this summer in Chicago. Yeah, so you know all the favorite eating spots. Marsha so will hook you up, man. He'll tell you all the good spots to go. And uh, Navy Pier is all I can tell you. It was really good, okay? Um, but you be praying for our college kids. This is a good time for them to grow and they grow through school and then get out and do some maybe internships, uh, especially for the guys, really important. And uh, then we just continue to pray for them. They've had a lot of sickness down there. And so if you would uh, pray for them to stay healthy, I know they would appreciate that. Would you close us in a word of prayer, Jared? Always good to have you home. Love you, Lord. Pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for this time we've had in your house. And thank you for this church and that uh, I got the opportunity and the blessing to grow up in it. And I experienced the love that this church has for one another. And that comes from Pastor. And I'm so thankful for that. Just help us to go out and love this world and love our neighbor as ourself and as you would have us to do it help us to do it in your power just bless now this time that we go out and eat and bring us back safely together for this all in jesus name amen